Okay. We are doing now Friday's portion of Parsha Smikates. And remembering our storyline, Joseph had set up a situation that he accused the brothers, who did not know, of course, that this is Joseph, of being spies. And the only way they could prove their innocence is by bringing back their supposedly existent younger brother, Benjamin. Joseph imprisons or keeps captive, keeps in Egypt, Shimon, Simon. And the brothers return home. They see their money was replaced in their sacks, which they assume is to further the libel against them. They report the news to Jacob, and he's very distraught and feels that maybe there was foul play here, as perhaps he suspected foul play of the brothers with Joseph, maybe now with Shimon, with Simon, and now they want to take Benjamin. Never. And basically, the brothers realize we can't get Jacob to move. He's not willing to give up Benjamin, but uh, they wait till the food's gone, and at that point, we'll go back to Egypt. We'll go back to Egypt. We need to bring Benjamin. So Jacob very unwillingly agrees, knowing that at this point, if he loses Benjamin, it's reliving the loss of Benjamin's beloved mother, Rachel, beloved brother, Joseph, and now Benjamin. Um, But they go with Judah, with Yehuda, promising he's going to be personally guaranteeing Benjamin's safety. Remember, this is all a plot Joseph has in mind because he wants to give the brothers a chance to completely atone for their selling of him, which means he has to set up a scenario that Benjamin is obviously favored, so there's room for jealousy to be stirred up, and then there's an easy way to get rid of him. And then we'll see what the brothers do. Which, of course, Joseph assumed and hoped what the brothers would do is exactly what they did ultimately do, do everything in their power and beyond their power to save Benjamin to completely atone for what they had done 22 years earlier with Joseph. So we are in chapter 43 up to verse 16. At this point, they came to Egypt with double money, the money that had been returned plus new money, Benjamin, and also presents and gifts for this cruel viceroy of Egypt to try to make him a little nicer to them. So Joseph saw Benjamin with them, and he said to the one in charge of his house, bring them into the house and to have meat slaughtered and to prepare, for with me will these men dine at noon, which really isn't noon according to Rashi, but in the morning, the morning meal. So Rashi explains that this wording, if you look in the Hebrew, tvoch tevach, which our translation is to have meat slaughtered, isn't an infinitive. It's not command, slaughter the meat. It is rather in the infinitive, to slaughter. Now why did Joseph speak that way? Because he was, he, he's, he's the head of Egypt. He's speaking to the person in charge of his house. The person in charge of his house is not going to go out now and then, and, slaughter the animal. Obviously, there are many, many levels of servants involved here. So he's not telling him, you go slaughter the meat. He's saying to have it slaughtered, to have it prepared. But Saharayim normally means noon, but Rashi says here, if we look at how Onkos translates it, he translates it as the first meal of the day. Though in all other cases, he translates it as noon. The men 
The man did as Joseph said, and the man brought the men to Joseph's house. And the men, now here men, we read the word men many times, you hear men means the brothers. The men became frightened because they're being brought to Joseph's house. And they said, because of the money replaced in our saddlebags earlier, are we being brought to bring a charge against us, to cast libel down upon us, to take us as slaves along with our donkeys. So Rashi points out that the word here, vayiru, means frightened. As we know, Rashi says it has two yuds. If it only had one yud, it would mean, and they saw. Now, throughout the Chumash, we have yira, which means fear, and ra'a, which means to see. And Rashi doesn't usually comment. But here, it's a little bit ambiguous, meaning either one makes sense. It would make sense to say, and the men saw they were being brought to Joseph's house, or the men became frightened because they were being brought to Joseph's house. So since logically either works, Rashi is pointing out the two yuds and the translation of Unkelis as support, that here it means fear. Now, why were they scared? Because they were being brought to Joseph's house. Now, obviously, that's not that the people that brought, bought grain didn't sleep at Joseph's house. They, they, they stayed in, in, in the city. So that's what they were fight, frightened, and they thought, oh, this is, this, is, this is to take us to prison. I mean, why, why else are we being brought to the house of the king himself? Now, if they had known that they were being brought to Joseph's house to eat a meal and not to being in prison, they probably would have been frightened. The fear was because they didn't know this was for a meal. They thought this is to stay, in other words, to be imprisoned. So they said, we are being brought, Arash explains, to the inside of the house, meaning, at this point, we would think they would say, we were brought. It's already past tense. So why is it the present tense, we are being brought? We are being brought deep within the house. They're in the house, but they're being led into the interior of the house. So this is to bring a charge against us, meaning it's a false charge concerning that money that was returned to us. That, of course, we know is why the money was returned for us, to roll on us, literally this word means to roll, to roll on us this false charge. Not to roll the money, but to roll the charge on us. They approached the man who was in charge of Joseph's house and spoke to him at the entrance of the house. And they said, if you please, my lord, we have we had indeed come down originally to buy food. So they said, if you please, my lord. So Rajik says this, this Lashan B is pleading, is supplication, like we have in Aramaic, Bia, similar related word with the same idea. So we came down. Now we came down as a double expression in the Hebrew, Yorod Yoradnu. It's the, twice the same word. Because this is really a descent for us. First of all, we were always ones that supplied others. Now we're we need you. Now we're purchasers. And of course also there's a tremendous descent of going from the land of Israel to the land of Egypt. So we descended from Israel to Egypt. We descended from being suppliers to being purchasers. This was a tremendous descent for us. But it happened when we arrived at the inn, meaning the inn after they last time left Egypt, and opened our saddlebags. And behold, one's money was in the mouth of his saddlebag. It was our own money in its full amount, so we have brought it back in our hand. Of our other money down in our hand to buy food, we do not know who put our money in our saddlebag. So what they're basically doing is trying to circumvent the libel that they know is going to happen. I mean, they understand that it wasn't an accident that everyone had his money back in his saddlebag, and obviously it was done on purpose, and obviously it was done to 
perpetuate the charges against them. So they said, listen, we didn't do it. We returned all that money. And, of course, we brought new money to buy new food. So even if it was a libel, we, uh, you know, we, we, we're returning the money. We're clean. We're innocent. So that's what they were saying because they, like, sort of had their boxing gloves up knowing that we're being brought into Joseph's house and they probably want to imprison us and he already accused us of being spies and they set this plot against us by returning our money. So the man replied, he replied, Be to you, fear not. Your God and the God of your father has put a hidden treasure into your saddlebags. Your payment has reached me. He brought Simon Shimon out to them. So what's this man, the steward, saying? He's saying, what? don't worry. I got your money. You got money? I guess your God uh, you know, gave you money. Don't worry about it. And he brought out to them Shimon, Simon. Now he says, your God and the God of your father, because he's saying you somehow merited this amazing gift of a hidden treasure. So maybe your merits were good enough, and if not, the merits of your father. So he gave them a very, very, very soft answer here. And the man brought the men into Joseph's house. He gave water, and they washed their feet. He gave feet to their donkeys. Now, it's already told us that the man brought them into Joseph's house. We said that in verse 17. Now we're saying the same thing in verse 24. So Rashi explained that the brothers kept pushing the man to the outside because they didn't want to go in until they spoke to him. And once he said, it's peace and don't be worried and you're God, say, you know, once he spoke in such a conciliatory way to them, they relaxed and they let them follow him into the house. They prepared the tribute before Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard that they were to eat a meal there. So Rashi explains this preparation as they decorated. They put it in beautiful vessels. Joseph came to the house, and they brought him the tribute that was in their hands into the house, and they prostrated themselves towards the ground. So now it says again, into the house. Well, we already know they're in his house. So Rashi says, no, they went from the vestibule to the main chamber. He inquired after their welfare and said, Is your aged father, of whom you spoke at peace, is he still alive? They replied, Your servant, our father, is at peace. He still lives. And they bowed and prostrate themselves. Now, they had already done this. In verse 26, it says they prostrated themselves upon Joseph's arrival. So here, why are they doing it again? Because it's as if thanking Joseph for inquiring about their welfare and the welfare of their father and bowing, of course, bending her head and prostrating herself is literally lying down on the ground. Then he raised his eyes, Joseph is talking about, and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and he said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Now, why did he give him this blessing? In other words, normally he would just say, God bless you. But he said, God be gracious to you because God had blessed the brothers, the tribes, with grace. But Benjamin wasn't born yet. So therefore he wasn't included in this blessing. So therefore Joseph blessed him additionally with God's graciousness. Then Joseph rushed because his compassion for his brother has been stirred and he wanted to weep. So he went into the room and wept there. So what happened? Why suddenly? I mean, obviously, seeing his brother must have been very emotional, but, I mean, he was prepared for that. He, he knew this is what was going to happen. 
So why did he suddenly feel so, so emotional that he had to run out of the room? I'm sure he had a lot of self-control. They suddenly had to run out of the room to cry. So Rashi explains that Joseph said to Benjamin, do you have a brother from your mother? And he said, I have a brother, but I don't know where he is. And then Joseph said, do you have sons? And he said, I have ten. And Joseph said, what's their names? And he said, Bella, Becher. So Joseph said, like, what's the nature of these names? These are unusual names. So Benjamin explained that each of these names are alluding to his brother and all the troubles that he encountered, meaning we can see from the names that Benjamin either was told by his other brothers, he got the scoop, or he understood what the brothers had done, and there he understood the the, the, the trials and tribulations his beloved older brother Joseph was going through. Bella, because he swallowed among the nations, Becher, because he was the firstborn of the mother, like the word Bechor. Eshbo, which is the idea of being a captive, like Shavu, Kel, God made him a captive. Gera, because he was, so to speak, traveling in, a, in an inn, meaning he was living in a foreign land. Naaman, because he was so Naim, he was so pleasant. Achi and Rosh, because he was my brother and my head. And so he went through all of the names. So when Joseph hears how every one of the ten sons of Benjamin is named for him in his honor, that's how much he's alive and and, and vivid in his brother's world, that his compassions were stirred and and he just had to run out because he had to cry. Now, Nichmaru, Rashi's explaining this word stirred is like, Rashi says, it's like the word heated up. Like in, in the Mishnah, we use a similar word. In Aramaic, we use a similar word. Actually, in the scriptures, we have a similar word. So like his compassions, his emotions, were all heated up here at this point. He washed his face and went out and restrained himself and said, set out bread. So he restrained himself means... He's putting a big effort here to have this self-control because obviously he does not want them to realize that he just was crying. They set for him by himself and for them by themselves, meaning for the brothers, and for the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves. For the Egyptians could not bear to eat bread with the Hebrews for it's loathsome to the Egyptians. So Rashi explains this loathsome is, is hateful for the Egyptians to eat with the Hebrews bread. So why is it that it was so horrific, so abominable for the Egyptians to eat with the brothers the bread? So Rashi says, Unculus explains the reason. So the reason Unculus gives is because the animals that the Egyptians worship, the Hebrews eat. In other words, the Egyptians worship the sheep, and the brothers would eat sheep. So therefore, it's, 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 uh, it's a hateful thing to them. So we will stop at this point, but what continues on is Joseph doing things to be very... 
exceptionally good here to Benjamin. Actually, I'm sorry. Now I see I went past the day's portion. I actually went a little bit over into Shabbos' portion as well. <laughs> 